Ferry today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. Here in the Motor City, we are paying special attention to how the auto industry is being affected by the coronavirus pandemic. From the economic fallout of plant closures here in the Detroit area, the automakers' plans to manufacture ventilators and the uptick in auto sales in China. We also want to hear from you if you or a family member work in the auto industry. Give us an idea of what has changed for you, how things look from your world as maybe a line worker in one of the plants or maybe an auto executive. What has coronavirus meant in terms of change in your world? Uh, As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Also give us a call and tell us if you are one of the people who has been affected by the plant closures that have already taken place. And joining us now to talk a little more about what is going on with the auto industry during this pandemic is Paul Eisenstein. He is the publisher of the DetroitBureau.com. Paul, welcome back to Detroit Today. Good to be with you, Stephen. I wish I could be in studio for once. Yeah, right? (laughs) Normally you're sitting across from me, but uh, that's not a great idea these days. Uh, So we're doing it all by phone. Um, Let's talk about Detroit automakers saying that they want to build ventilators and other medical equipment. I saw Bill Ford and Jim Hackett on television both yesterday talking about what Ford is going to do to sort of retool. Give us an idea of how that works, how fast that could actually happen, and how disruptive this kind of shift might be for people who normally make automobiles. Yeah, a very fast if you'll allow me a very fast intro to this. Ventilators and respirators are in desperately short supply in the United States. And for many people, that will be the difference between life and death. Mm -hmm. Beaumont Hospital, as you've probably already reported several times this morning, is capacity. Uh, All across the country, hospitals are running short, and people are dying because of the lack of this gear. Uh, Ford Motor Company and GM both contacted the White House about a week ago today to say they wanted to help. Uh, there's, a, there's an outfit, an ad hoc group called StopTheSpread.org that has popped up, and I know that they were responsible for connecting GM with Ventec Life Systems, a small but important producer of ventilators out of the Seattle area. GM now says that it has sourced 95% of the components that would be used to make versions of the Ventec ventilators, and they're rapidly looking for the additional parts. They've signed on a bunch of their suppliers, and they would probably take over portions of the Kokomo Electronics Plant, Kokomo, Indiana Electronics Plant, to build them down there while also helping Ventec increase production at their own facility. You know, they don't normally have to produce a lot of these. There normally isn't that much need, even in the flu season. The number, the the, the demand is out of control right now. Uh, Ford Motor Company is working with several different companies. They've lined up with both 3M and GE Healthcare to produce both respirators and ventilators. They are different. And they are looking at producing some of those in-house and helping both GE and 3M to produce uh, increase their production as well. Uh, Ford has also said that it's producing face shields. Fiat Chrysler is now mock, mocking, uh, knocking out 
masks at a prodigious rate. Uh, I believe that they've already delivered some. Ford has already delivered some. And then Tesla has gone overseas and been able to source in China uh, about 1,200 respirators that they are rapidly shipping back to the United States, Hmm. though that will barely cover the needs of one or two hospitals. That's how big this is. Uh, Jim Hackett was talking about producing in the hundreds of thousands of ventilators. And, folks, you need to understand, when you're talking about hundreds of thousands of ventilators, that's how serious this crisis is. Stay home. How long before we start to see this make a difference? In other words... How long can how long can it take to turn around an auto plant and start producing these other things? Well, they're not going to turn around, you know, the Michigan assembly plant or something like that. A place like Kokomo makes more sense because it's it's originally designed to produce relatively small componentry and mm-hmm. and ventilators are relatively small. Some of these are are hand carryable devices. A uh, person victim in some cases could literally carry it around with them. Uh, if if they were capable of walking or moving in a wheelchair. So uh, you'll see places like Kokomo. Ford hasn't identified... Well, they, they've identified one plant, their uh, advanced manufacturing center in uh, uh, Redford that will produce the uh, respirators, if I understand correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of this could happen reasonably quickly. I believe that Jim Hackett was talking about having production into the hundreds of thousands by June, and and that's the thing. Uh, what what the industry seems to be recognizing is that a Easter is a fantasy by somebody who doesn't have a clue. Uh, I'm sorry to be so political at the moment, but Donald Trump doesn't have a clue what's happening here, and it's pretty obvious uh, day by day in what's coming out. Uh, Ford has already said that it will not meet the original planned reopening of its factories on. March 30th. Mm-hmm. And people I'm talking to in the industry are looking at the possibility of seeing this go to June, July, even August. Which is un, uh, it's, it's just unimaginable, right? I mean, uh, J.D. Power says sales in April are going to be off 50 to 60 percent. Yeah, we had Tyson Jomini, the head of their, uh, their tracking network, PIN network, uh, with us. Uh, and we did a Q&A if anybody would like to see it. We have it on the DetroitBureau.com. It's pretty sobering uh, what they're looking at. Mm. Um, so, so what does that eventually mean? Eventually we'll see re- some recovery in sales, but we don't know when. I mean, I mean, for an industry that has done so well since their own bankruptcies, since the, the Great Recession, at sort of growing market share and stabilizing their companies, what, what does something like this threaten in terms of instability going forward? Tremendous. Uh, first of all, uh, disappointingly, Fiat Chrysler has now uh, fired its contractors. Uh, a lot of people are giving it heat over that. I have not heard of any move by Ford or General Motors to do the same. So that means a lot of folks have been tossed out on the street, uh, and people should be sending texts and emails over to FCA to let them know they're not pleased by the move, Hmm. uh, because that's a lot of folks who are going to be basically without income. A lot of those contractors don't make that much and are, like many of us, you know, uh, one paycheck away. Uh, uh, There was... uh, comment made by Kristen Dysak of the Center for Automotive Research in Ann Arbor last week. Uh, she estimated that an industry that completely shut down, factories shut, and sales down to nothing, 
uh, that would be the equivalent of uh, 94,000 lost jobs. Not not people collecting pay and sitting at home, but 94,000 actual lost jobs and about $7.5 billion worth of earnings a week. A week. That is massive. Hmm. And it's one reason the industry is now saying, are we going to need a bailout? GM just tapped its line of credit. I have to say, I am really impressed by what I'm seeing overall. I just took a shot at FCA, but on the whole, FCA, Ford, GM are doing a remarkable job. They're planning accurately. They also know that the closures are useful not just for safety, but because they don't want to do what they did going into the Great Recession, which was to continue dumping cars that nobody was buying out on dealer lots so they don't have to go through these fire sales, giving away products eventually. Uh, And that's going to be a real interesting question. How much are we down? We know that China could be down by 20 to 30 percent. The largest market in the world could be down 20 to 30 percent. And right now, the general consensus is the United States will probably see uh, as much as a 25 percent decrease in car sales this year. That is pushing us down towards great recession levels. Mm-hmm. If this thing does go to August, uh, that number will actually be on the optimistic side. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. My guest is Paul Eisenstein, publisher of the DetroitBureau.com, where you can find all kinds of really interesting information about how the coronavirus pandemic is affecting the auto industry, affecting manufacturing, two backbones of our economy here in the United States. Uh, Call and tell us what uh, that looks like from your vantage point. Are you somebody who works in the auto industry and is witnessing these changes firsthand? Are you somebody who works for a plant that has been closed? Uh, Give us a call. Tell us what you're doing to get by, to make ends meet, just to sort of stay sane during all of this. Uh, Also, give us a call and just tell us generally how you're doing, uh, whether you work in the auto industry or not. This is Uh, an unprecedented number of changes and pace of change that uh, we're all experiencing. And we want to make sure that uh, Detroit Today is a place that people come to connect, to exchange information, and to feel connected to people who we can no longer really connect with in the physical world. Uh, Let's start with Derek in Ferndale. Derek, what's on your mind? Hi, I'm listening to the conversation and, and so much of the focus on the death that the virus will bring. And certainly, I agree with that. Um, I think what we're not talking about is the death that will come from the economic measures if this goes on too long. There'll be suicides, families will be broken, we all know poverty drives crime. Um, And unfortunately, the people that die from the effects that we're taking, uh, they will not be honored on the radio. They probably won't even be counted. It'll be as like the people who die from war and from famine and disease in a war, Hmm. while we all talk about the heroes of the battlefield. And um, I think we are killing people either way, and we need to uh, make sure that we take a real cost-benefit analysis if this goes on for too long. Uh, Derek, I really appreciate the call and what you're saying here. I, I want to push you a little bit, though, to, to, to make a suggestion. I mean, uh, there is no question. We know what will happen if we don't social distance, if we don't shut lots of things down. I mean, we have seen in other countries what that looks like. We're beginning to see what that is going to look like in places like New York City. 
and um, Michigan State. And, and in Michigan, where where the 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 spread is is quite virulent. If if you were to say, let's do something different uh, to deal with this, Derek, what what would it look like? Well, I think um, I think there's nothing wrong with two weeks, even a month of social distancing. But when I hear about August, um, I think maybe the side effects uh, could kill more than the people who would be incrementally saved by, by slowing the virus. Mm-hmm. I, I, so I, I have to disagree back. completely. Yeah, Derek, I, again, I appreciate the call and, and the perspective. Paul, go ahead. Yeah, I have to disagree completely. And uh, let me tell you, I would love to believe that he were right. But as we are seeing already, the rate at which this disease spreads, what they are finding out is that the concept called the R naught, R followed by a zero, which has to do with how quickly the disease can spread, appears to be greater than people realized. And part of that is because you don't even have to be symptomatic. Uh, Some people don't get symptoms. Some people are shedding the virus before they get sick. And then what they're finding out is even after you seem to recover, you may shed the virus for up to three or four days. People are... If you just look at the number of people who have already spread this disease, even though a good portion of Michigan has already been sheltering in place, many people I know have not been out of their house or gotten close to somebody else in a week or more already, and yet this virus is spreading at an amazing rate here in Michigan. The deaths have gone up, what, 40-fold in, in, in a week? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you, 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 what, you want to have people out, let's say not... Easter, let's say even beginning of May, if, if we still have people who have not been exposed and are still vulnerable to the disease, and you suddenly release everybody, send them back to the factories, and as several auto workers I spoke to reminded me, they're very often on top of one another as they're doing welding and, and other, other assembly processes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to believe that somehow we're not going to see half that plant, half that plant, off sick, many of them dying, very quickly after you release people before this epidemic is under control, then you're fantasizing. That's the problem. It doesn't matter how long or how short it is. Unless this virus is taken out of circulation or so many people get the virus that they can then recover or you have a vaccine. The reality is whenever you do this, you're going to get people sick and in a hurry, those plants are going to shut down anyway. Yeah. Open it up on April 13th. Open it up on April 13th. And by April 20th, they're going to be shut down again because so many of the people working in the plant are going to be sick. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think that there, uh, there are no great answers to this, but the worst answer I think is to rush to say, let's get back to normal, because we know so little about what this will look like on the other side of the initial spread, of the initial deaths, of the massive amounts of sickness. Uh, I, I really don't understand people who are uh, in that space right now. Okay, Paul, well, I've, asked, I've asked a few people who are talking about this. I said, which one of your parents, or will you volunteer to be the one that dies for the economy? Please raise your hand if you're the one who's willing to go back, fill in a spot, and chance dying. Right. More okay. power to you. 
Paul Eisenstein, publisher of the DetroitBureau.com. It's always great to talk with you, and I love the information that you were able to share with our listeners today about the auto industry. Well, thanks. I hope uh, I wasn't too negative. The reality is the auto industry and everything else will get back up to speed, Stephen. It's just a question of time and doing it right. Be safe, my friend. Yeah, you too. Okay, we're going to take another break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about an effort here in Detroit to help small businesses through this crisis. We want to continue to hear from you as well. Mark in Ann Arbor, Bernadette in Old Redford, Watts in Clinton Township. We'll get to you next. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Detroit Today.